Hello everyone and welcome to Very Cold Lasagna. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to your preferred audio platform, wherever you get your podcast, this show is your safe space for the most filthy casual takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to the safe space housing the icy yet spicy lasagna in the very cold fridge. And I hope you're having a good day because today we are reaching the second portion, the second half of our NFL 2022 season previews as we transition over to the AFC side of our season previews and starting with the AFC North. So I'm actually glad we're on this side of the NFL now because, well, the NFC, it's kind of kind of weak because when we talk about the NFC, there's only realistically, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in my season previews, Honestly, there's only like a few teams that can be the representatives of the Super Bowl and then maybe a couple surprises here and there. But when we talk about the AFC, oh man, <laughs> it's going to get wild. It, there are a lot of uh, potential potential surprises that can be in store um, in the AFC this year compared to years past. So I'm really excited for this back half of our NFL season preview month as we inch closer towards the end of this month in July. So with that being said, um, I'm excited. I hope you are excited. Um, in case you missed any of the season previews that we've done so far, make sure you check out the YouTube channel and as well as, of course, wherever you get your podcast, wherever Dylan, uh, Dylan Lasagna does Very Cold Lasagna, <laughs> the podcast. So make sure you listen to it and make sure you listen to all the episodes too. So anyway... With that being said, let's get into our part five of our 2022 NFL season previews. If you somehow managed to miss any portion of our NFL season previews, I know I keep saying that word over and over again. But anyway, in case you missed any portion of it, we're pretty much discussing what the team did last year, what their offseason moves were, what players they got during free agency in the draft and what were my takeaways from their offseason and what do I really think? My opinions. These are just my opinions and mine alone. You can feel free to debate and refute them in wherever you want to. These are just my thoughts on like what this team can do in 2022. So those are just the reminders of what I'm going to be talking about here um, in these season previews. So with that being said, let's talk about the AFC North. So kicking off the AFC side of things with our season previews is the Ravens flock. Flock, flock, flock. The Baltimore Ravens. And it was not kind to the Ravens in 2021 because injury mania, they were the latest victims of injury mania going wild. What you gonna do, brother, when injury mania and all those injuries run wild on you, brother, 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 brother. Poor, poor Ravens, man. They suffered a full rash of injuries to the to the likes of Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, and even Lamar Jackson, whether it was in the preseason or in the regular season. And, you know, it, it wasn't like that whole... Like wave, they were eight and three, even with all those injuries. But then December came, and even with all the injuries, 
Um, they were making a lot of weird choices going for two in critical games. And they went on a six-game losing streak. Lamar Jackson gets hurt, misses the last couple of games of the season. Um, Tyler Tyler Huntley, that, that was the quarterback's name, right? He does okay. He actually does solid in relief of, of Lamar Jackson. But unfortunately, all those uh, two-point conversion calls by uh, John Harbaugh were were kind of weird. It was kind of weird um, that they went for it when, sure, your defense kind of sucked in 2021. But at the same time, it's like going for two was pretty was pretty risky. So they end the season eight and nine, and uh, they had a chance to go to the playoffs, um, but they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in a winner home game. And yeah, they were dead last in the division because uh, I think they got swept. No, no, they didn't get swept by the Browns. I guess they had a worse division record by them. So for the Baltimore Ravens, a very disappointing season for them. Um, not the way that they wanted to, but hey, they were in the fight for much of the season despite all the injuries. So of course, your goal for 2022, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, is to stay healthy. And especially considering what had ha- happened in the AFC North with the Cincinnati Bengals. They won the AFC. They went to the Super Bowl. They were just inches away from becoming the Super Bowl champions and an offensive line away from becoming Super Bowl champions against the LA Rams. So if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're Lamar Jackson and you're John Harbaugh, you want to assure that everyone gets healthy, they stay healthy through the season and preseason, mind you, so they could compete with the Cincinnati Bengals, they could compete with the Pittsburgh Steelers and maybe even the Cleveland Browns in that very tight AFC North race. And sure enough, in the offseason, they they did just that, um, at least on paper. Obviously, we're not in the regular season yet, but they made some moves to assure of that. And as long as they stay healthy, they'll be just fine. So looking at some of their offseason moves, um, they did resign some key defensive ends, uh, Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, some pieces in their pass rush. And when you look at their offseason signings, it was pretty mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, not this offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Because, well, their defense was pretty bad in 2021. They went out to get uh, free safety Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, defensive tackle Michael Pierce from the Minnesota Vikings. Kyle Fuller from the Denver Broncos, the corner. Um, they did add a, a piece on the offensive line to protect Lamar Jackson, which was pretty good. Um <clears throat> They did lose their center, Bradley Bozeman, to the Carolina Panthers, though. So a key a key piece to their offensive line, pretty gone. But they did manage to address that in the draft with drafting a center by the name of Tyler Lindbaum from Iowa. And so another key thing that they did in the draft was trading away um, Marquise Hollywood Brown in a third-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals. And my thinking was, why would they do that? Why would the Baltimore Ravens trade away their top receiver? Perhaps he was asking for too much money. Maybe <clears throat> maybe he was getting greedy or the Baltimore Ravens didn't want to pay him. I don't know. But either way, it was a very strange thing to do. Um, and especially considering they didn't really address it, uh, like how to get his replacement in the draft. So they did manage to 
also get a safe, another safety in Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame and an outside linebacker in David Jabo. So it helps out with the pass rush. So overall, the Baltimore Ravens offseason was pretty good. Um, I just wish they would address getting another receiver because you still have uncertainty with your second res- receiver, Rashad Bateman. And I think Rashad Bateman is pretty solid. It's just that he was injured for a good half of the year last year. And um, he he showed some potential, but his, he, you know, when you have Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews being your top two guys in, in the lineup, of course, you can't, like Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to feed Rashad Bateman that much because everyone he's going to defer to his top man Brown and Mark Andrews because they're open so much. But this this now that Marquise Brown is gone and I think defense is going to target Mark Andrews more. What what are you going to get out of Rashad Bateman? Like what are you going to get out of him? So that's something to keep an eye on. And the fact that they don't have a another option behind Bateman and Andrews is kind of baffling. It is kind of baffling. In whatever those number two or three options are supposed to be, they they also have uncertainty. So the receiver, the receiving options behind those two, it's kind of sketchy. It is kind of sketchy. But I do I did like their focus on the defense. Because that defense looks like it's going to be improved in 2022 with a pass rush, the secondary. Um, the, the, I'm not sure how many points they're not they're not going to allow, or if Marcus Peters is going to come back. Um, but it all depends on if they can stay healthy. That's the key here: staying healthy in 2022. Now, looking at some of the key games in in this coming season, it's the first four weeks of the season. You're pretty much facing off against the entirety of your your interconference schedule, the AFC East, the the Bills, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins, like interchanging. You start off with the Jets in in New York, and pretty much from there, you're going from Jets, Miami, Patriots, Bills. I think that I got that order correct. So pretty pretty tough slate considering like how most of the teams in the AFC East improved, and the Bills, you know, they're they're already a complete team. So pretty tough out for a Ravens team that's trying to stay healthy um, again and trying to get back to contention. And then after that slate, you have a home game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then before your bye week, week seven and nine, against the, the Cleveland Browns, whether it's the Sean Watson or Jacoby Brissett, they're, they're not going to be an easy um, go. And then you go to do your... NFC South road slate against the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady and then New Orleans Saints. And, you know, they're still not a pushover. So it's going to be a tough first half of the season for the Baltimore Ravens. But again, as long as they stay healthy, they should be um, in solid contention from there. Now for Baltimore, the biggest question for the Baltimore Ravens, though, um, prior to the season is, do they get that contract extension done between themselves and Lamar Jackson because it's been a kind of a big talking point in the offseason. Lamar Jackson's eligible for that. Um, I think he's entering the fourth and final year of his contract and you don't want him to just waltz away um, as a free agent and then sign him for even more massive money. So you have to sign him. Like you have to get this deal done. 
Otherwise, things can look awkward or Lamar Jackson might report to training camp, which, by the way, starts um, at some point this week. And it's just you just don't want to create this awkward situation throughout the season. And who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson could want more money. They could get offered more money by another team and the Ravens might not be able to match it. You have to be careful here if you're the Baltimore Ravens. So for the Baltimore Ravens, I do think that they made a lot of uh, improvements in the offseason, um, in the especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, as, like I said, time and time again in this uh, portion, as long as it gets, everyone can stay healthy, they don't run through a bad luck of injuries again, they are going to really compete with the Cincinnati Bengals um, this season. I could see them either being a wild card team with nine or ten wins, or outright winning the division with maybe that same that same amount of wins, or maybe even eleven to twelve wins, um, because you know, like Lamar Jackson has a Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. I mean, granted he doesn't run the ball even more, um, and his running backs stay healthy. Um, and who knows, maybe a breakout option behind Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews comes out. And then, of course, your defense could is much improved. So, don't count out the Baltimore Ravens in this AFC North title race against the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns. They're, they're just very much in it as every other team in this division. So, next up, we are going to talk about the land, the Cleveland Browns, or as we like to call them, the skid marks. Thank you, Shag Daddy. I learned something today. <laughs> Why do we call them the skid marks? Well, it's pretty much their entire history of futility, of mediocrity. They're pretty much losing ways. And even when they win one year, they're go they're right back to losing and being the toilet plungers of the NFL. The skid marks on your underwear. So for the Cleveland Browns, um, it's been a pretty interesting offseason for them. Uh, but before we can get into that, we have to briefly discuss what happened. How did we get to that point? Well, they were literally on the on the verge of going to their first ever AFC Championship game in the 2020 season. They had their first playoff berth in nearly 20 years. They demolished the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, and they nearly took advantage of a Patrick Mahomeless uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the second half of the game, of that AFC Divisional game, but. They couldn't, and they lost, and they were watching at home the, the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs in the title game. That could have been theirs. And then this season came. Um, they lose the first game to Kansas City in a rematch. And then week two came along. Baker Mayfield hurts his shoulder. Uh, he suffers a torn labrum, and it, get, it gets progressively worse all year. And his allowance to do so it affected the whole offense and there were a lot of untimely injuries as well especially to the running back position like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and there were a lot of COVID-19 positive tests for the rest of the team late in the year and as a result it led to a disappointing 89 record and I think the yeah the biggest thing was uh sure Kevin, Kevin Stefanski had a lot of uh weird coaching decisions um in games but it it it, most of it contributed to the Browns not shutting down Baker Mayfield, not forcing him um, out like on IR. They could have made a decision, but they didn't. They didn't check on him. So 
that's where the skid marks failed. They they literally failed in 20, 2021 because they they let a, a injured quarterback, a very hobbled quarterback who couldn't throw, play for much of the season until they were literally out of the playoffs. Like what the hell? So we get to this point now in twenty in twenty twenty two. We're like nearly on the verge of kind of a new start for the Cleveland Browns. Now, why do I say that? Well, let's look at what they did in the offseason. Starting with their re-signings, they did manage to get a couple of key pieces back on the defensive end, like Jadavion Clowney, Sheldon Day, uh, Ronnie Harrison, and then Anthony Walker. Then on the offensive side, you got one of your um, breakout backup running backs, Dearness Johnson back, and tackle Chris Hubbard. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball, in, in terms of your additions, you got Jacoby Brissett from the Miami Dolphins. People were wondering, like, wait, why Jacoby Brissett? Well, that was because the Cleveland Browns, for whatever reason, of all the teams that were involved, they traded Deshaun. They traded for Deshaun Watson. They went out of their way to go out and get Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans, and gave away three. Yes, that's right. Tress first round picks and along with two fourth round picks and a future third just for Deshaun Watson desperate much or typical skid marks behavior like holy hell holy hell the Cleveland Browns man um I mean I'll get to my thoughts on that trade but it seems like a like like at the time it seems like a risky move but as the months have progressed, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? They also trade for Amari Cooper, and if all he had to do was give away a fifth and sixth round pick from the Dallas to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, again, like I said, with the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not sure why they decided to give away Amari Cooper to the skid marks, but it is what it is. They, they got a big addition. The Cleveland Browns got a big addition, no matter who's that quarterback. Um, so as a result of the the Deshaun Watson trade, people wondering, like, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? What do you do with Baker Mayfield? And that was a talking point for the last couple of months uh, since that trade went down. So finally, in recent weeks, Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers um, for a conditional fourth or fifth round pick in 2024. So there are certain conditions to be met. They also lost Jarvis Landry to the New Orleans Saints. Um, they released their... Their center, for whatever reason, J.C. Treader. Um, they also traded away uh, their corner, Troy Hill, to the L.A. Rams for a future fifth-round pick. So, for the Cleveland Browns, it was uh, mainly about getting getting help, but also losing some help for Sean Watson. And they didn't really, because they gave away all those uh, those picks to the, to the Houston Texans, they couldn't really do much in the NFL draft. Um, all they can do was draft a corner by the name of Martin Emerson from Mississippi State and a receiver from Purdue by the name of David Bell. So who knows if they turn out or even make the roster. We'll see. So for the Cleveland Browns this offseason, um, I will say first that they do have a better receiving core. Um, prior, they had pretty much no, nobody. Um, the Odell Beckham experiment failed miserably. Um 
primarily that was because, well, Baker Mayfield couldn't find, for whatever reason, couldn't find Odell Beckham <laughs> in the games he played. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had his spurts. Um, David Njoku, I mean, he was, like, somewhat reliable. He's somewhat reliable in that offense. But now you add Amari Cooper in that t- in that offense, and I think it could make them a little better. And that's why, that's why I say they're much better in years past. Now, as for the Deshaun Watson trade, they could, the Browns could either look like the biggest winners or the biggest losers because there are still some things to figure out with Deshaun Watson's uh, sexual assault allegations um, and that uh, what the NFL is going to do in regards to that. Um, because Deshaun Watson apparently has 24, um, 20 of 24 um, of those resolved, but the NFL is currently trying to figure out how many games to suspend Deshaun Watson for. They're trying to get him suspended for the entirety of the season, but it still remains to be seen. Um, who knows how many it, it is by before the regular season or by training camp or however long it takes. We'll see. We'll see what happens because um, the Cleveland Browns like have to know sooner rather than later. So they can either try it out Jacoby Brissett for however many games or maybe even the whole season or go out and get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or some other quarterback that they think they could trust for however many games or the whole season. Well, who knows? Who knows? So for the Cleveland Browns, um, it, it's mainly going to be about how many games is gonna, Deshaun Watson going to be suspended for and how that's going to impact the, the offense and their outlook on the on their chances to compete for an AFC North Division title, let alone a playoff spot in 2022. And it's tough. It's really tough to figure out like how Cleveland's going to project this year because everything's right now, as we stand, as I'm putting this out, it's still murky. It is still an unresolved situation. Um, so for the Cleveland Browns, like all I can say is that if Deshaun Watson is not suspended at all, like miraculously, like I'm not saying he won't be, but in the, the wild, wild event that he is, if Deshaun Watson is not suspended at all, like for like for whatever reason, I can see the Cleveland Browns winning, uh, 10 to 11 games, 10 or 11, uh, 10 or 11 games. Um, maybe they get a wild card spot. Maybe they even win the AFC North. I don't know. Like whoever, whoever gets 10 to 12 wins, wins the AFC North. That's my projection. Now, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for, let's say half of the season or a portion of that, maybe the Cleveland Browns get seven, go seven and 10 or maybe eight and nine at best. Because I mean, Jacoby Brissett is not a sh- not a shitty uh, backup, but at the same time, he doesn't really elevate the offense like to a like a one eightieth degree. And the Browns' defense is can they can hold their own, um, but again, it's going to be on the offense carrying them. Now, if Deshaun Watson suspended for the whole season, it this is where it gets tricky. Do they roll the dice with Jacoby Brissett? Do they just throw the the year away? Um, if they throw the year away. Um, maybe they, they'll, they'll, they'll be one of those bomb barrel teams, um, four to six wins, go for that high draft pick to, oh wait, why even bother? <laughs> why even bother? Cause you already, you're giving it to the Houston Texans anyway. So 
maybe they go out and get that um, quarterback that's left on the market, whatever that may be, because they don't trust Jacoby Brissett. And maybe they go six wins. I don't know uh, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole season. So for the Cleveland Browns, still some stuff to figure out um, with the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, but whether or not he's suspended, um, they, they still have some talent. They still have some talent. Um, they have their quarterback um, potentially um, long-term, depending on how things look. But for 2022, it's a difficult situation for Cleveland. So now let's talk about the team that made it to the wild card, but got bounced from it. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's the beginning of a new era because 2021 marked the end of an old era. And that was the big Ben Roethlisberger era. It was his swan song in 2021. But man, it was kind of a drag to be honest with you. It felt like one of those slow, slow like movies where you just want to get it over with. I mean, I, I like Big Ben Roethlisberger and what he's done with for the NFL, but this was kind of painful. This was kind of a painful season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, people have their nostalgia for Ben Roethlisberger, and that Monday night uh, game against the Cleveland Browns was was pretty good. Was pretty good. It was like a good feeling for them uh, in their fan base, but. It was just kind of a drag for most of the season because Big Ben he couldn't sling the ball anymore. He couldn't air it out. He was committing a lot of turnovers um, like in the season prior. Um, Najee Harris couldn't really get the 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 run game going um, for Pittsburgh. Um, the receiving core was struggling as well, um, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster um, out, for, out for the season. And then the defense, led by T.J. Watt, who broke the single season sack record? Uh, no, he tied it with uh, Michael Strahan. Um, he he they really had to carry the load. They really had to to pick up the slack for the washed Pittsburgh offense. Um, they did go nine seven and one. Um, yes, they tried. They tied the Detroit Lions that one week, and they netted the final AFC playoff spot in a win or go home game against the Baltimore Ravens on the road. But unfortunately, that was just um, the icing on the cake. And they got fed as appetizers to the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. So not exactly the greatest way to end the bit the Big Ben Roethlisberger era in Pittsburgh. So going into 2022, your ultimate goal is to find that quarterback um, to kickstart the new era and, you know, keep some semblance for Mike Tomlin. And whoever that quarterback is going to be, whether it's someone relatively still young or like a new guy, like, like a rookie, they, they got to help him um, get his feet wet through like, keep him comfortable first with the running game and the defense until he gets his bearings. So some of the things that they did in the off season, they did at, uh, keep some key defensive pieces like Minka Fitzpatrick there's free safety in the corner, Akella Witherspoon. Some United fans may remember him. He's he's doing pretty solid in Pittsburgh now, by the way. And then we get to their additions. When you look at their um, free agent signings, um, this was the one that really had Pittsburgh fans um, questioning themselves. Like, why am I uh, Yinzer? <laughs> why am I Yinzer? Um, but first, um, let's talk about Levi Wallace going to the Buffalo Bills, their corner. 
good addition um, for them. But then we get to the MVP, the Nickelodeon, the first ever Nickelodeon valuable player, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, good old Mitch Trubisky is back in the headlines once again. And holy hell, I'm actually, I, I, I actually want him to win the starting job just so people can roast him yet again. So the MVP, the first ever inaugural MVP, Mitchell Mick Trubisky is back as, as the potential starter to win yet another MVP in the Nickelodeon wildcard game in 2023. So who knows? Maybe Pittsburgh can go to the wildcard and get another MVP. So when you look at the other um, additions that Pittsburgh added, it was mainly on the offensive line. You look at guards James Daniels from the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky's old team, uh, center Mason Cole from the Minnesota Vikings. So they improved on the offensive line. So that's good. Um, and then on the defensive end, you added Miles Jack from the Jaguars. So their their offensive line and their defense look look good now. The defense got even better though. So of course you lose Ben Roethlisberger to retirement. He called it a career. Um, you also lose your general manager, um, your longtime general manager, Kevin Colbert. Um, he left after the 2022 draft. I mean, he's been there for 2020, uh, 22 years, so it's understandable. Um, and he got replaced by Omar Khan. And they added, uh, they no, they actually lost um, the receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I don't know, Pittsburgh didn't have enough money, or Juju Smith-Schuster wanted, wanted to go somewhere else to prove that he's going to be a top receiver somewhere else. I don't know. So they also lost the naming rights to Heinz field. So yes, they lost the name rights to the ketchup brand. And now it's known as Acrisure stadium. I'm not a Pittsburgh fan, but that's kind of a lame name. I, I'm, I feel sorry for people. So the hopes of Mitch Trubisky, the of him getting the MVP for 2023 in that Nickelodeon wildcard game could be potentially dashed because they, the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett from the university of Pittsburgh. So a little bit familiarity um, with this guy because the, the pit played their home games in that stadium. So they know what to potentially expect out of Kenny Pickett. And I know people make fun of his hand size and all that, but yeah, you never know like what's gonna happen in the NFL. And I know I've like, uh, I know I've poked a little bit of fun at um, Kenny Pickett and for his hand size, and I made a little criticism about it. But hey, like I said, you never know what you can get out of Kenny Pickett um, in in the NFL. But I'm not saying he's gonna be oh a massive success with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you never know. You ne you just never know. They also managed to. Add some pieces to the receiving core, especially considering that Juju's sister is gone, and you don't really have a, um, much proven uh, like top receivers, or let alone a wide receiver too. They got uh, George Pickens from the University of Georgia, and Calvin Austin III, who I think I talked about in my filthy casual preview from the University of Memphis. So two solid guys, two solid guys. Now, of course, going into the season from what I saw from the Steelers offseason is that I think this, the defense is going to be uh, the focal point of Pittsburgh's t uh, Pittsburgh in 2022. And I, I got to say, it, they're, they're only going to be able to carry them as far as they can. 
Like, it's it's going to be the same story like it was in 2021. TJ Watt's going to have a good year. Makeup Fitzpatrick's going to have a good year. Akel Witherspoon might do a little, a, a couple of things, but that pass rush can only do so much. The secondary can only do so much uh, because at the end of the day, it's it's all about the offense. It's all about the offense in, in the NFL. And whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett that's going to be starting, if they can't produce, if they can't do at least a solid job of running that offense, they're screwed. They are screwed, especially considering that the Bengals and the Ravens have much better quarterbacks than what Pittsburgh has to offer and much better offenses, mind you. They, they are fucked. They could be fucked. So, who knows? Maybe it could be like like Mitch Trubisky does bad one week and then they have to put in Kenny Pickett and then Kenny Pickett does bad one week and then Trubisky has to come in. It's, it's going to be like a very bad cycle. It could be, but damn, it's rough. So looking at some of their key games for 2022, it's pretty much every single game before that bye week in week nine. Damn. Like, damn. So looking at their schedule, weeks one, three, and five, you have road games. And weeks two, four, and six, you got your home slate. But looking at that stretch, it's, God, dang. So looking at their road stretch in those odd weeks, you have to go to Cincinnati to start your season. And then after your home opener against the Patriots, you have to go to Cleveland. And then after Cleveland, you go you go home to face the Jets, who could, who knows? Like, they could be either worse than last year or they could be even better. Who knows? Then you have to go play the Bills. And then you go home to play Tom Brady and the Bucks. Then you go back on the road for a two-game road trip to Miami. And then you go to Philadelphia. Rough. Very, very rough. Um... That's not a good stretch if you're the Steelers. So, of course, the biggest question for the Pittsburgh Steelers is who wins that starting job? Is it the proven MVP, Mitch Trubisky, or is it small hands, Kenny Pickett? Who wins that starting job? Um, And until then, we don't know what to expect for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, What I can... Like slightly predict is how much they how much they could possibly win in 2022. Sure, they got a good defense, um, but the offense, of course, is the name of the game. So, what I think could possibly happen is that the Steelers could, at worst, go six wins. Yes, I'm 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 saying that because, like I said, the defense can only take them so far, but that offense could look like dog doogie water. Or maybe the offense under Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett could look okay. It could do enough to get you nine wins, but possibly not a playoff spot. So either way, it could be uh, another year where the Steelers could get that MVP, that Nickelodeon wildcard game, and get another MVP for Mitch Trubisky. Or they can open the picket line. They can paint that picket line from one and only Kenny Pickett. Though, of course, the final team that we're going to be talking about is the reigning, defending, undisputed AFC North champions and the AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. And you got to admit, with the Bengals, and they had a very surprising season. And they had a surprising journey, too. A very short turnaround, mind you. Looking back 
almost three years ago. They were the worst team in the NFL. They have gone through hell and high water. 2-14, and 14, worst record in the NFL. They look like dog dookie water, um, even with Andy Dolan over there. In 2020, they draft Joe Burrow, um, ship Andy Dolan out of town, and they went through that ugly season, but you saw something out of Joe Burrow. Um, but he goes down with a torn ACL, and then in 2021, you don't really prioritize the offensive line, which contributed to Joe Burrow getting that ACL tear. And you get his his buddy, his his receiver that he did so well with in college, Jamar Chase. And despite that terrible offensive line, those two really did well in 2021. And they're guys like Joe Mixon and T. Higgins and a solid defense led by Jesse Bates and some some very good games in December, along with, you know, sure, you could say that injury mania to the Baltimore Ravens and a washed-ass offense by the Pittsburgh Steelers contributed to this as well, but they ran the table. The Cincinnati Bengals ran the table. They got some key wins, especially against the Kansas City Chiefs in, in January last year to clinch the AFC North, to have a winning season for the first time since 2015. They went 10-7 thanks to... The defense, thanks to the calm, collected progression of Joe Burrow and the breakout of Jamar Chase in his rookie year. And every, pretty much almost a lot of people on that team really fought hard um, for for Joe Burrow in, in 2021. Now, again, that shaky offensive line really became a factor in their playoff run. But still, they managed to will past the the Vegas Raiders. They managed to overcome a nine sack um, letdown against the Tennessee Titans, and they ran ran the table. They overcame like a a big deficit against the Kansas City Chiefs, and turned that into an overtime victory to go to the Super Bowl against the LA Rams. And unfortunately, um, that same offensive line let Joe Burrow down and. A weird decision to have a backup running back run the ball um, on third down and that going nowhere. And that offensive line failing Joe Burrow on that final play. It, it was just it was just a little questionable, but hey, it is what it is for Cincinnati. And they're looking to go back to at least the AFC title game and maybe the Super Bowl in 2022. But again, it's always hard the next year. But... That doesn't mean that they prioritize what made them lost in the offseason. So looking at how they can accomplish that goal in 2022 to get back to the Super Bowl, to get back to the AFC title game at least, they made some key decisions um, in the offseason. They re-signed Jesse Bates, but it was under the franchise tag, and he's reportedly shown um, by various outlets that he may not want to play under that franchise tag they also signed a corner that uh, re-signed a corner that hasn't been exactly the best for Cincinnati in Eli Apple, and defensive tackle B.J. Hill, who's been key to that Bengals pass rush. They also prioritized the this is their biggest priority in the offseason, and that was the offensive line, who let them down in the Super Bowl, and they prioritized this big, and they got some big additions in center Ted Karras from the New England Patriots, guard Alex Kappa, Tom Brady's key. Um, key guard in in that Super Bowl run against the Tampa Bay Bucks, 
tackle Lyle Collins, Dak Prescott's key, um, key, ta- key left tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. So the Bengals really, really did well addressing that top priority need. And maybe, who knows, maybe they really protect Joe Burrow well this coming season. And they lost C.J. Uzama to the New York Jets, but they countered that by adding Hayden Hurst from the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Hayden Hurst, is, he's kind of mixed, but hey, maybe it counter, maybe he does well with this Cincinnati offense. Um, they also lost Larry Ojanobi to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but again, they re-signed B.J. Hill, so they should be okay. So looking at some of their draft picks, um, they drafted uh, safety Daxon Hill. So in the case that uh, Jesse Bates holds out, um, they went on to sign Daxon Hill, who's pretty solid. Um, they mainly focused on the defensive side of the ball by adding Cam Taylor, a corner, Cam Taylor Britt, mind you, from Nebraska, and defensive tackle Zachary Carter from Florida. Um, they also beefed up the offensive line, too, by adding Cordell Volson from North Dakota State. So overall... This is a massive win for the Cincinnati Bengals. They massively improved the offensive line um, to better protect Joe Burrow so he can have more time to, to throw um, and execute the offense with uh, <laughs> linear receivers like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Hayden Hurst, and you have a running back core of Joe Mixon, and I forgot the other one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's, it's, it's early, okay? <laughs> but anyway. They also have a good defense as well. And they have what it takes to run, run it back. The question is, can they? Because compared to last year, they were playing a dead last schedule. They were playing the New York Jets. They were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, also, you know, they were they were benefiting from other teams either like in a slump or getting injured, like the Ravens and the Steelers and the Browns. Their own division was getting like self mauled. They were self imploding. So, I mean, I'm not discrediting the Cincinnati Bengals for winning the AFC North or let alone making the Super Bowl because, like I said, they had a very surprising turnaround. And I think that the, the Bengals can and will compete in this uh, AFC. It's just that it's going to be very difficult now that everyone in that division, every like a good amount of the AFC is going to be healthy and they're going to be fighting just as hard as they are. Um, so it's going to be very tough for the Cincinnati Bengals. Plus, on top of the fact that, especially in the NFL, for anyone that loses the Super Bowl in in the last decade and a half, it has been very rough. It has been very rough on what losing the Super Bowl could do to you. Just look at recent examples like the LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, the Carolina Panthers, um, the Seattle Seahawks in in the last decade and a half. The Oakland Raiders in 2002 after that blowout loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks. For the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, they're going to go 6-11 six and six and 11 or suffer these rash of injuries. It's just they have to overcome that adversity and they have to, like, take care of their business and assure that nothing shitty happens to them um, in order to make this, to make this, this run yet again. So looking at some of their key games in 2022 – um, you look at week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't know who Pittsburgh's going to trot out, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, the MVP, or Kenny Pickett with the picket line. So for Cincinnati, you have to be ready for anything, um, especially in the event that you can either walk out with a victory or you can 
possibly let down. And looking at their week four game against the Miami Dolphins, um, you're playing against Tua and that new improved offense, new improved offensive line, Tyreek Hill. Um, who's there? <laughs> and, uh, and Cedric Wilson. A lot of improved, a lot of improvement in that in that uh, Miami Dolphins offense. So it's going to be a potential shootout in that game. And then you get late in the season. It, that's going to be a massive gauntlet. It's going to be tough. And who knows what Cincinnati's standing is by that point? Are they going to be in contention for the for the division title, or maybe a top seed? Or are they going to be competing for a playoff spot alone or fighting for their playoff lives? Because that final stretch of the season is pretty rough. They have to face the Chiefs at home. They have to face the Browns, whoever is going to be a quarterback. And then they have road games against the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Patriots. But they do get a homestand to end the season. But it's a pretty rough road stand, uh, homestand. Josh Allen, the Bills, and then Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. That is brutal. That is a brutal start into the season. So, for the Cincinnati Bengals, you you improve the offensive line, but how are they going to gel um, in front of Joe Burrow? And Jamar Chase did have an incredible season, but not every season is the same. So, is he going to do even better, or is he going to like slightly regress? Because I like Jamar Chase, but who knows what's going to happen with him? I think I hope he does well again. And how does Joe Burrow do against a much harder full slate of teams? Because he's not just going to be facing the Chiefs um, this this season or the Ravens, uh, like a uh, uh, not healthy Ravens uh, this season. He's going to be facing the Bucks, the Patriots, the Bills, uh, a new a newer Browns team. So these these are going to be harder teams than compared to last year when they went on that Super Bowl run. It's, it's going to be a rough stretch. I mean, I still think that the Bengals have a good shot to win the AFC North. They still have a good shot to win, like, let's say 10 to 12 games. Um, but it's going to be a very difficult uh, uh, season for them, especially coming off a Super Bowl loss, which, again, I hope don't. I hope they don't get that, that curse placed on them. But in order for them to get back to um, the Super Bowl, let alone the playoffs, they have to overcome adversity uh, yet again. They have to hope that offensive line gels in front of Joe Burrow. They have to hope that they don't get complacent. They have to do better this year. So that was the AFC North and my preview of them, all four teams in 2022. I haven't done a proper ranking of them, um, any of the teams in my season previews, but that's with good reason because you just don't know what to expect. But if you want it so much, um, if any of you want it so much, I, I guess I could start with the AFC North. So my personal opinion from the teams that I talked about, considering that it's going to be so competitive, I could say, I'd say the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, maybe the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's one Bengals, one, Ravens, two, Browns, three, Steelers, four. Yes, I have the Steelers, four, because, well... I don't know about the quarterback situation in Cleveland. Well, you don't know about the Deshaun Watson situation. So as much competitiveness and much feistiness as there is in this AFC North this year, there's also a lot of uncertainty. There really is a lot of uncertainty in this division, but it's going to be make for exciting football. It really is. 
And honestly, I can't wait for it. Um, even though I don't get the games in my area. <laughs> so what are your Bagels fan, Ravens fan, Browns fan, Steelers fan? What are you most excited about for your teams in 2022? Let me know how you feel about any of those teams and however you can. All right. All right. But that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I am your host, Bill Lasagna. Thank you for tuning in to this fine, fine episode, episode number 109 of this Filthy Casual Podcast. Make sure you tune into the show wherever you get your podcast and follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. And as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge. Your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. And until next time, peace out.